If you're an Android user looking for a great way to listen to your podcasts, check out the Podcast Republic app on the Google Play Store. There are thousands of good reviews out there telling you how great it is, so you don't have to take my word for it. Check out the Podcast Republic app on the Google Play Store and get the best way to listen to your podcasts on an Android device. If it feels like your favorite podcasts have been kidnapped, check out the Podcast Republic app. You favorite your favorite shows and they go right to your phone so you don't lose any of your favorite shows. If you haven't lately, visit patreon.com slash dissectingthe80s to check out all the cool stuff we have available there, including a Bill and Ted bonus episode that you heard a clip of uh, before, and a whole bunch of other great bonus content if you become a member at the $5 level. That's patreon.com slash dissectingthe80s. Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half of the Mega Podcasting Powers, and with me, as always, is my tag team partner, a man who knows... That the higher the body count, the higher the likelihood that Triple enjoy a movie. The Macho Mandrew. Andrew Leno. I have some thoughts about this movie. Well, I, I was going to say, oh, wait. I was going to make a joke, <laughs> but I don't want to ruin my punchlines too early. <laughs> I think that uh, we both have some thoughts about this movie. Uh, we are finishing uh, this month of anniversaries, although I don't know. There might be more anniversaries to come, but at least this month's uh, double anniversary set. And also uh, two Bill Paxton's and two um, the gentleman who plays Bennett, whose name I've forgotten already. Wait, who is the Bennett guy in, in Weird Science? He's the leader of the gang of baddies. Oh, the one with the metal face? The one? He, no, I believe he's the Mohawk guy. Oh, oh. Hmm. Yeah. It's amazing How what the mustache apart can are do these for movies you. in years? Like, I don't remember. Is it because this is eighty five? They are literally both from the same year. <laughs> How did Bill Paxton get like? <laughs> he's like uh, basically a cameo in this movie, uh-huh, and then uh-huh. in Weird Science, he's like a character, and then they flip flop for <laughs> Weird, so that the other guy is the cameo in Weird Science and a lead in this movie. I'm confused. Well, Bill Paxton wasn't exactly like this type of person you would think would get a leading role in a commando movie i don't think i'm not trying to say, i don't i'm not trying to say he, for this specific movie he was he should have been a lead i just think it's crazy that you can be so featured in one movie and then be like oh yeah you're on set for 30 minutes in this other movie <laughs> you got lunch you got half a day rate and a wet sandwich yeah. in a cardboard box <laughs> I bet catering was very good on Commando. I would guess. I'm honestly. sure Arnold got good catering. Solid. Arnold's <laughs> over there breaking lobsters with his bare hands. <laughs> These are so delicious. Everyone's eating like the one packet of saltine crackers they give you with soup at a diner. <laughs> I keep getting drawn butter on my clothes. <laughs> uh, anyway, we watched Commando, and you know what that means. We're going to go back. We're gonna go dissect the 80s. It's your not parody parody. Some guy about about your not parody parody. <laughs> when the mega powers explode. I'm talking about the 80s. Oh, yeah. Great Scott. Cream of the crop. Oh, yeah. Mega power, yeah. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. I, I like what you said there. I think uh, it's apt. But I will, I will say, I think Tango and Cash is sillier. Yes, but this, 
I think Tango and Cash has more has more silliness, but this has bigger silliness, which to me is the benchmark of a parody movie. Hmm. See, to me, this is like if Terminator had a completely inept person driving the boat. This to me felt like someone saw a stunt show at a theme park and was like, what if that was a movie? <laughs> the last section of this absolutely is just a movie stunt or a theme park stunt show for sure. It's like the ground, uh, the, the gunshots on the ground were just like puffs of air and people doing flippy dippies and all mm-hmm, kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a lot of like, we'll get to it, but there's a lot of really acrobatic jumps in the last yeah. bit, which I, I thought was really fun. Arnold's uh, also I will basically say, though, a superhero throughout this whole movie. Like he can, He's not even basically a superhero. He can lift however much weight he chooses. Figure. Yeah, it's, it's more honestly like a child with an action figure yes. than it is a superhero movie, where it's just like, oh, he does this now. And you're like, well, I didn't know he had that power. And you're like, well, he does. And you're like, He-Man's going to lift it. Barbie's dream car. Uh huh, and they're like, "Well, that doesn't really jive logically with the other world you're creating." And it's like, "I'm six, shh, <laughs> I'm six, nerd." Uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. Like nobody wants to calculate the force. He leaves out of the room. room. Stop it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, sucking on a lollipop. Um, <laughs> the the. the 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 th- I did want to say right off the top, this is written uh, by the same person who wrote Die Hard, which I found really, really? surprising because this is so stupid. Yeah, so Die Hard's like a real movie. movie. Yeah, no, Die Hard is like a whole interesting plot hung on this thing. I will say there are ec- there are more than one person credited for writing both, but the guy, um, oh man, when was Die Hard? Was that? Stephen E. D'Souza has the screenplay credit and then also is a story by credit. And then on the screenplay for Die Hard, which is 88, I'm pretty sure, uh, he has another, there's another person with a writing credit on that screenplay as well. Any relation to John Philip? (laughs) I don't, it doesn't say. What, uh, what year was Uh, Die Hard again? No, 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 88. Okay. So I kind of feel like this, this, the flight attendant in this movie I can see how she's sort of the framework for Holly McLean, Holly Gennaro McLean. Sure. Like you, like she has a backstory. You, she has clear interests. She's assertive. Like she knows what's up. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, she's actually the daughter of Tommy Chong. Uh, I her know. Name is Radon Chong. Um, so she, she, she doesn't get a lot to do in this movie. The thing she does get to do, I think she's excellent at, but it's really a bizarre, we'll, we'll just have to get into it because all of these things were, were also, she discovered Chris Pratt. Is that right? Yeah. At a bubblegum strip in Maui. Oh my God. Really? A 19 year old Chris Pratt was, uh, was serving at a bubblegum at the bubblegum shrimp in Maui. And she discovered him and put him in her first, uh, her directorial debut at the age of, and he was 19. Uh, that's not his weird extreme action movie, is it? I don't think it is. Because I don't think she directed the extreme action movie. Okay, because there is a movie that Chris Pratt was in that basically doesn't exist anymore that I have spent like a considerable number of hours trying to track down because I just really want to see it. The Pratt PR um, team has gone to great lengths to bury that movie. I honestly don't even know if it's that so much. It's one of those movies that you watch and you're like, what's going on with this? And you're like, oh, is it money laundering? It might have been money laundering. Because <laughs> I feel like I feel like a not insignificant proportion of modern movies made uh, overseas, especially, are like just money it's laundering just the producers. in some weird way. Basically, yes. Uh, he's in a movie from 2003 called The Extreme Team, which is... Uh, 
a black ops team of Gen X extreme sports athletes go to New Zealand to save a former member that has been kidnapped. And it's just like exactly what I think I want to watch at one o'clock in the morning. It was our, remember we had the Olympics idea where the Olympic athletes are the ones who have to save the day. So I'm going to put it out there again. If you're, it apparently came out in Australia, but there are no, like you can't buy a DVD, you can't buy a VHS and they never existed. I didn't know. Well, I have to ask my friends, my friend from Australia and see if she, anyone in her family like has this. It aired on television down there. It, it, most recently, which is like going back several years now, it aired on television in China, supposedly, according to the internet. Huh. But it just doesn't exist. Because there are other people who are on the case alongside me trying to solve this mystery. Of like, I'm what sure there are threes of you. Because there's another movie made like a year later with very with some of the same crew, but none of the same actors. It's almost like they money laundered and then they did it again. It's like hmm. um, like the Ashcan copy of Fantastic Four directed by Roger Corman. That's kind of legendary in Hollywood. I what he Roger Corman got paid to make a Fantastic Four movie in his like super cheap, low budget way, so that the company that held the rights to the movies could keep the rights to the movies. Yeah. This is before the ones that you're aware of. So there's this like fully produced, you mean Mr. Fantastic, low budget, Invisible Woman, the yes. thing, Roger Corman, yes. Roger Corman directed a Fantastic Four movie in like 1993 ish, 1991, somewhere in there. You can find it like fully now. It's out there. It has like v- like mostly in camera, low budget effects. Like the stretchy arm stuff is done low budget style. It's it's exactly what you think it is. I've not watched the whole thing, but I'm sure I will at some. I point. I will check that out. Anyway, if you have a lead on this extreme team Chris Pratt movie, tweet at us and and, and let me in. And also, if you um, have roller skates, still, still, th- still throwing <laughs> that baby out there. Just buy some damn roller They're skates. They're like a hundred dollars. There's no like fifty dollar cheapo go, pair of roller skates. Go on Facebook Marketplace and look up roller skates. Presumably, someone has purchased them and realized they're not fun and will sell them to you. They're very difficult to use. Yeah. Anyway, we start this movie with a scenes of a dump truck or a trash truck like driving through a city and it's like a really ballsy way to start your your action flick, I feel. Yeah, and they just murder a guy, the garbage men. But it yes, seems a man with a disproportionately attractive woman in bed with him well, to start it, the movie. This is Hollywood. Yeah. A man at a 5 in Hollywood is a 10, but a woman has to be right. an 11 to be considered anything. Right, right. Um, although I thought it was weird that, cause he's, they were like, oh, it's not the normal garbage day. And I was like, oh, that'll raise suspicion. People will catch on. Yeah. But that doesn't get brought up ever again. No, he's like, oh, I thought, I thought uh, you'd miss me. And then they just murder him. They mow him down with like semi-automatic weapons. And that's it. One of the two is Bill Duke, who has a pretty large role in this and is also in command. No, uh, Predator, not Commando. Yes. And I believe he, oh, he did some voice work that I can't, I think he did some, he does some DC Universe uh, animated voice work. That wouldn't surprise me. He does have a really good voice. There, I will say, one of the things, you know, I try to say nice things about all the movies we do, even as we make fun of them. The squib work in this is outstanding. Oh, the stuff really good squib squibs work here. is amazing. Yes. Uh, I think this movie is extremely stupid, but the most dumbest. of it I enjoyed. Yeah. But the guy, this first guy gets killed in his bathrobe. Like, first they shoot him and there's some good squibs. And then he's laying on the ground and Bill Duke walks up to him and shoots him some more times. And there's even better squibs on the second round. Yeah. The next guy gets murdered by uh, a car in a showroom. 
Yeah, he just, he's like, you know what the best part about it is? It's free. And then he backs the car up and smashes into this man. So do showroom cars just have, they have their full tank of gas? Like, So they, they have gas in them You normally because they do drive, like, you can see, next time you're in a dealership showroom, if you look at, there's at least one doorway in there that, like, fully opens mm-hmm. so you can drive cars in and out of it. I would have thought, because, though, you put it, they would put it in neutral and, like, just push it. Because it's not like you would send, push it very far. It is probably something akin to that, but there's definitely going to be some gas in there just because not having any gas in the car is wildly impractical for a number of reasons. But, like, I once, the last time I bought a car at a dealership, there was somebody wanting to test drive the showroom car and they were like opening the doors and taking it out. That's I think cool. they pro- it, it was like a very expensive Mustang. I, my hunch is that there was some sort of like, okay, you can do this, but you do have to be like actually interested in buying this car. You know what I mean? Like I assume it wasn't <laughs> you were just not like opening up the wall for anybody. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I assume that like maybe a credit card deposit had to be put down or something like that. But um, in any case, uh, they can do that. So there is gas in them. I don't know how much would be my guess. Also, it would be if you started it in the showroom, the guy would not be like, yeah, bro, fire it on up. See what it sounds like. He'd be like, oh, whoa, sir. Yeah. Although I feel like now it's also the all keys these- wouldn't be in it. Yeah, I was gonna say keys. <laughs> and then in today's yeah. world, it just with all the electric cars, they would have like showroom mode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, there would be no, there would not be just like, oh yeah, go ahead, fire it up inside this room and give everyone carbon monoxide poisoning. <laughs> Very cool and good. Uh, and then a guy blows up on a boat. Yes, yes. So I was doing some looking up of like how many people die in this movie because in the first three minutes you get a guy gunned down and then the, the car uh, run over. And then that is immediately followed with the guy. He blows up like four people on a boat. And in the death counts I could find for the movie, which range wildly because some of them are only Arnold and some of them are everybody. Nobody includes this boat because it's like you technically don't see them die. And I was like, um, I saw up. four people. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I saw four people on the boat at least. And then an explosion. Pretty sure they died. Yeah, those people are dead. Unless are they Bennett? Is Bennett on the boat? No. No, these are just like random schlubs. Okay. Um, and then there's some real sweaty bicep close-ups. Yeah, Arnold. Arnold is glistening in it this movie. It is just bicep porn. And then, and <laughs> then really gay is. porn later. Yes, I was. I was. Every time that there's a a close-up fight scene with two of these dudes, I'm thinking of you being like, "Is this porn? Are we watching porn?" Well, because it's the sound. It is the sounds of porn. It's all the grunting and oh, and for moaning. sure. So I'm like, what if we threw some sleazy sacks under this? Like, what would that, uh, I wonder, that would be a fun game. Is this porn or is this an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? <laughs> Maybe at the next live show. Yeah. <laughs> Except I don't want to play porn. I think it would have no, to be a trick it, It's not going to be, we're not going to show like, you know. No, I know. I know. I'm just slamming saying it, the but... trick is like, oh, by the way, they're all, they're all Schwarzenegger. <laughs> There's not been one porn. Well, it's like that. Uh, the this YouTuber I like said she used to do improv where uh, the audience they would they would have people submit like the beginnings of porn and they would play that and then stop as the sex was about to happen and then continue the scene. That was their like. Oh, nice! That's fun. Yeah, right. 
Uh, we also get in this opening, this, this opening montage is like just sheer delight. And because all I could think about was them filming these bits. But Arnold is carrying this log, like a not a log. He's carrying most he's carrying of the tree. tree. It's Yeah, he's carrying the significant part of a, it looks like a white birch. He's carrying this whole, what looks to be like, I think it's a white birch. If we're going to be specific about what type pole. of tree it is. But it's, it is the size of a telephone pole. He's just like casually carrying on his shoulder. And then... We get, he meets up with Alyssa Milano, his daughter, and this leads to this incredible montage of daddy-daughter time. With It feels very like Three Ninjas, like a 90s yes, kids yes. movie. Like, you almost, if, if this wasn't Arnold, if this was just generic strongman, you would right, right. almost think that this movie was going to be about her. Yeah, for sure. Like, her dad gets um, kidnapped, he- and she has to, like, suit up. She's doing like karate moves. He's teaching her bits. It does. It does definitely have a three ninjas vibe. Yeah, it is dis- definitively not a three ninjas no, vibe. No, it is not that the movie, moment. But you would be forgiven. <laughs> but it's human refrigerator Arnold Schwarzenegger and very tiny Alyssa Milano doing daddy daughter stuff, which includes it's basically a deer. Like if you took if I held a Milano cookie in my hand, like that's the size difference. <laughs> Yes, it is. But they, this montage includes feeding a deer out of their out bare of their hands. bare hand. What? Arnold kisses it at one point. He gives the deer a little smoochy on the nose. Well, doesn't he have? Is it a, no? He has a goat. He has weird he animals has, now, and apparently that's like all his Instagram is just him hanging out with his animals. At the beginning of this whole mess, there was this video that went around of him. Uh, he had just gotten an animal and they named it after his character in predator which is eluding me right now chief no isn't it like a isn't he called like chief or something i mean he probably has a name like that but he has he has a last name that they call him by in predator people are screaming right now like oh my god how do you not know dutch dutch okay dutch but he's like in this video. It's him inside his house with a with a tiny horse. That's and what it is. Like it's a tiny, a tiny horse, horse in the yeah. house. Yeah, and he's like, <laughs> I just wanted to <laughs> update you all. We're doing fine. We're having a stogie. Me and Dutch. He's named after my character in Predator. We're all doing great. Don't worry about yeah, us. He's basically just like <laughs> drinking dark liquor, smoking cigars, and hanging out with his weird menagerie. Right. Which is uh, not a bad life. He's definitely no, no. He's definitely enjoying his retirement uh, or semi-retirement. He does act a little bit here and there. He's actually decent in the newest Terminator. I will say. Okay, maybe he's just kind of, uh, but he's decent. Anyway, the the rest of this montage includes uh, them getting ice cream, the classic smush some ice cream in your dad's face moment. Yeah. And I really like the part where they both have a cone of ice cream. They look like identical scoops of vanilla, but he leans over to give her a taste. And it's like, well, she also <laughs> has vanilla. What are we doing here? It's not like you got a, you, you know, you got sprinkles or something. It's just two plain cones yeah, right? here. Uh, then they go fishing and she catches a fish and he like wiggles it at her and then throws it away. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Isn't there like walking on a log? There's, there's walking on a log and her doing this, like, karate elbow. They're swimming in a pool. He, like, throws her a little bit. He con- he it- effortlessly picked... Like, you would think she was, like, a CPR dummy. The way he's just, like, Swoop. Right. Yeah. And it ends with uh, them in the kitchen and the sign on the fridge is this little heart with, like, I love you, daddy, written on it. And she's making sandwiches. <laughs> he grabs juice out of the fridge and there's... Like normal size water glasses, a little smaller than a pint glass, right? Yeah. Maybe it's a twelve ounce cup. He pours mm, 
three to four ounces of liquid into each of them. Why do you have such a large cup then? <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> get a smaller vessel. Why are you getting such a large cup? And then she hands him a sandwich. He takes a big bite. Of course, there's sprouts or something in it. It looks very uh, vegetarian friendly. Uh, and he's, what's in here? And she's like, oh, you wouldn't want to know. I, when she uh, said that, like, I was like, what is it, cat food? <laughs> then she starts picking sprouts out of her teeth. Like, it's just a bad all-around situation. This is not a good lunch. No, There's also... This, there is so much steel drum in this movie, and I, yeah, I feel like do not understand why. <laughs> I think James Horner just got back. From it's Jamaica. like your divorced it's the only mom explanation. got back from vacation in the islands, and she's like, everything yes. is steel drums. They, she has a one single. Braid she got in the braid with the bead with the pony bead at the end. Yeah, uh-huh, it's uh-huh. so bizarre. But yeah, it's it's so weird. it's a the other thing that's weird is it's a combination of of. Music very similar to, say, like, Unsolved Mysteries. Yes. The theme for that is sort of like this... It sounds like rock music, but it's definitely electronic. And then the, like... All over it. It's so bizarre. I don't I don't get that. Because it's not... It's not like an island nation in the no, movie it's not where it's like, at least it makes place sense. in Hawaii or... Or... The Caribbean. The Caribbean or... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of where else I, I might think to hear a steel drum. It's it's it seems like it's just sort of generic America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He clearly has retired to somewhere in the the western half of the United States. Yeah, West. somewhere He's in like the mountains, in like a Colorado. Yeah, exactly. And this chopper approaches. The chopper and- shows up and land. Like it's it's a full ass chopper. It might even yeah. be more than one. They all land, and a man gets out and goes, John? John, are you in there? <laughs> you didn't knock. Like, this isn't, you walk, like, you're walking through the neighborhood. I mean, I will say that a chopper landing on your porch is a little bit different than driving the car. That's what it's I mean. Little... But, like, the idea that he, like, lands a helicopter on the front lawn and just casually is like, John, are you in there? That's not I the know, action I don't know, that follows. Maybe I'm crazy, but how about a call? How about a call ahead? Right? Like, you might as well pull a out a bullhorn at that point. Yeah. And Arnold sneaks up on this guy, grabs his pistol out of his holster, and points it at him, which seems like an aggressive approach. Well, it's that, uh, that Terminator 2 thing where, like, you all point your guns at each other, and then you're like, ah, you... No, that wasn't Terminator 2. That was the other one we did on the podcast. No, that's in Terminator 2 as well. Oh, who does that in Terminator 2? Linda does it to the guy with the guns. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. I thought you were talking about the part in uh, Predator where it's like, oh, whatever you name, you son of a bitch. And him and do the uh, the, the bicep. Yeah. Yeah. It's that kind of mood. Yeah. Yeah. As I'm watching this, I'm like, if he retired to this secluded mountain cabin to, to like get away and hide and retire, you just put a neon sign on it with your helicopters. You're right, right. If this is supposed to be undercover, because he starts talking to this guy after, uh, of course, Alyssa Milano says one of her ten line, ten words in this movie that isn't daddy, uh, that he promised he wouldn't go away again. Mm-hmm. He's talking to this guy, and he, the guy tells him all his friends are being killed, and he's like, I thought you gave them new identities. And the guy's like, I don't know, we tried. <laughs> Which doesn't seem like an adequate response, but okay. I turned it off and on again. I don't know. So they 
have this little tête-à-tête where he's trying to get Arnold to come back and you know help save the day, and. The chopper lifts off, and immediately five dudes pop out with machine guns and just spray bullets it feels everywhere. Like you're, it feels like you're on like the great movie ride. Like yes. your tour guy was just like, "I'll be right back." And as soon as they go around yes. the corner, like a bunch of Marriott like uh, mannequins pop up with machine guns, and they start like wiggling right. back and forth. So there were two guys left to guard the front door. One of them's dead. The other one takes a bullet in the shoulder. Arnold, Alyssa Milano, and this guy come inside the house. And Arnold says something about them being downwind. And the guy was like, did you expect me to smell them? And Arnold says, I did. And I was like, well, if you did, you didn't give anyone no any warning. warning. You could have. Also, what do they smell like? Like, how about like a get down? Yeah. You know, <laughs> give me one of those. I'm just confused, though, because like all people have like people smell is people smell. You know what yeah. I mean? Like there had it should have been like, oh, I smelled, uh, you know, this gun grease, gun grease, or I smelled, um, like a Cuban cigar, like something, or some weird specific brand of cologne or something. Yeah, and he goes to his secret gun shed, like in Tremors. Yes, uh, and many other things. Terminator 2 is yeah. an example of this as well. For some reason, mentioned. Tremors is just like my mental go-to for secret, secret cache of weapons. The Tremors one, though, good example, of course, but the Tremors one is interesting because it doesn't, it's not secret, it's just a huge room in the basement, and I always love when your gun room is like a secret thing. Like, in John Wick, this sequence that leads to him getting his guns out, this is barely a spoiler, but if you don't want to hear something about the beginning of the plot of John Wick 1, I guess, mute, but he, like gets out a sledgehammer, goes to a specific spot on the floor and starts like smashing the floor and he digs down to where he like hid under the cement of his basement. His so it was cache. a break floor in case of emergency? Yes. Literally break the floor in case of emergency. Huh. Keanu is just like working a sledgehammer for a couple of minutes in this scene and they like he breaks the concrete up and pulls out this case of guns and weapons or uh, guns and I'm picturing like baby Keanu from Bill and Ted doing that. No, this is <laughs> like mop old Whoa. <laughs> no, this is this is the mop top is pretty close. Honestly, his hair's long in that movie, but it's definitely more along the lines of like his back and hips look permanently ruined. Keanu, <laughs> he moves like a wrestler these days. Honestly, where you're like, oh man, the years have not been kind to you. Your body is not what it should be. Right. There's a great move. As soon as he's like punched in this code, gets these guns, he jumps on the roof. It's like a parkour move. In- but also, it looks like he then goes through the front door. Like, it looks like his he has a front door area yes. off of his roof, which is just banana yes. pants. Yes. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, he opens the door, and the guy who was shot in the shoulder now has had his throat slit, and he just, like, stumbles down. And there's one guy left from the bad guy party who have kidnapped his child, and he starts to do a little bad guy monologuing. Arnold's holding this huge weapon, <laughs> and the he looks out the window and sees the cars driving away. And the guy's like, "You have to cooperate." And he goes, "I don't." And he and shoots just him in the head right through the head. <laughs> um. So Arnold goes outside to his truck, and there's I'm not a criminal, but there's always a fistful of loose wires when they disa- when you disable an engine in a movie. <laughs> And I've I, I've seen my car's engine. Where are all those wires? <laughs> so like it looks like you. It looks like a telephone op, like a nineteen fifties telephone operator board, <laughs> and you just ripped out all the wires. <laughs> like I don't get it. 
I will say it might be part of the fact. I mean, I don't know jack shit about cars. It might be that at like older cars, there were more visible wires. Like there might have been three wires then and one wire now. You know what I mean? Okay. Like we've consolidated operations in terms vis-a-vis wires. It's always and like a fistful. Like yes, in the shining or in this. It's yeah. just it's nonsense. Yeah. The other part I like about this one in particular, although not every movie does this, they're all unconnected. They're not cut. Yeah. Again, yeah, it, again, it looks like you <laughs> grabbed, like reached onto the bo- the phone board and ripped out all the yes. plugs. Yeah. Because you can disable the starter wires in a car. Like you, you could do that. I mean, not simply or quietly in a modern car because it's harder to get the, the hood open, but you could do that. I'm now picturing like an 80s villain Oh, trying to do that to a Tesla. Like they try and pop the, yeah. <laughs> at the front of a Tesla. There's like, just nothing what? in there. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Somebody will do that gag in a very mediocre movie. I am sure. Of it. I'm down for the idea of an eighties movie, like a, like a last action hero style where like an eighties sure, movie sure. villain comes into today's world and is like trying to do cocaine with everybody. Just like, <laughs> and everyone's like, nah, they pull their vape pen. Yeah. Like, I'm good. And they like jewel. Yeah. Um, so he decides to push start it. And at first I was like, oh, he's going to like push start it and pop the clutch and chase. Nope. He just put it in neutral and is careening wildly down the hill with almost no so steering control. I am so confused by this whole segment because. Uh-huh. So like. Is it because is it because they recycle one shot three times yes. and make this mountain seem like Everest? So <laughs> in my head, when you go down a mountain. The you either go straight down, which seems like madness, mm-hmm. or yes. <laughs> you are either circling or zigzagging. You're either circling the whole mountain or zigzagging yes. on one switchbacks. side. Switchbacks. Yeah. Somehow they are. Z- are they zigzagging or circling? Because he's doing a straight line. <laughs> Through their so switchbacks. They're, they're doing switchbacks. Arnold is coming down straight. But the reason why it's confusing is because at least twice, it might be three times, they loop the same shot of the car, his car traveling what looks like from left to right instead of toward camera. Yes. And it, it's confusing to the layout of the mountain, but they show the same shot of it, like, you know, skittering over the things. But as somebody who plays a decent amount of video games with driving, I have often been like, oh, it'd be way faster if I just drove straight down the mountain uh-huh. in this car instead of doing that. I mean, many, many times I've done this, countless times in games where I'm just like, oh, I'm going to drive straight instead of taking the switchbacks. Oh, this car is ruined. I'll just get another one. I've, I'm playing a shark game where I was like, oh, I don't feel like swimming around this island. I'll just hop across it on my shark belly. Yeah, exactly. So I get the inclination to want to go straight down. But they have the first thing that happens is he, he almost intercepts them, and there's like a near miss, and they keep driving, and he keeps going down. But they would not... That's what I don't understand is how did he catch right. up with them again? If That's not how <laughs> right. physics works. The premise of this movie is that Arnold, on a straight line path, misses someone on a switchback. They then proceed to do several more switchbacks faster than he can go straight down the hill and then hits them. But all I wanted out of this is like, it's much more satisfying to me, is if Arnold's car just smashes the shit out of one of the two bad guy cars. Well, I think he's, and then they catch he's him. probably concerned that baby cookies in one of those cars and you don't want that cookie to crumble. I suppose that's true. I suppose that's true. He doesn't know which one. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. But as for, for a movie watcher, it would have been way more oh, satisfying yeah. if he just screamed. Because later well, in I also this thought same he was going to get out of the car. Like he was going to do a tuck and roll 
Because sure, you, yeah, yeah. you in a car smashing into another car, you still get hurt. And there's no uh, airbags in any of the crashes in this oh, movie, no. of which there are several. People are just getting thrown around into glass and wood and metal. And this is where we see Bennett, who looks gay as hell. Yeah, this guy. Ha- so this this there's two things happening here with Bennett. The first is that he looks like your new stepdad, Paul, who has a drinking problem. You think Bennett looks like that? Yeah, he's got a mustache and a cr- uh, crew cut and his shirt's too tight. He seems like somebody who would drink a lot of bush lights. I'm thinking Schlitz. Sure, I'll give you that one too. But his but he outfit seems is like... gay as hell. He's wearing oh like, yeah no, no, no. chainmail yes. and leather with a dog tag and like leather pants, and he has like a saunter. Yeah, he's a real leather daddy. It's weird. <laughs> Which I was like, oh, I'm down for a a BDSM gay villain. Like that's kind of a weird choice, but cool. <laughs> It would have been a total disaster. It would have been so offensive, by the way. I know it would have, but like I still I still want it. <laughs> and he he pre- just a minute ago in the movie Schwarzenegger was told that Bennett was killed. So this is a shock to him. So that's what I was confused about because the, he, they kind of like music sting when on his face when he steps around the corner and I was like, are we supposed to yeah. Are we supposed to know who he is? Absolutely not. It was weird. Unless you read perhaps the graphic novel tie-in or something, <laughs> I can't imagine. But the, uh, we did neglect to mention that Arnold's car does explode, and it is a nice practical car. There's explosion. a lot of good this explosions. Chock full of explosions that are a real delight. So he shoots. Uh, Bennett does shoots Arnold with a tranquilizer, and he wakes up strapped to a table. And who's there but great movie scenery chewer Dan, Dan Hedaya shares dad and clueless. <laughs> <laughs> and he's he's playing the moderately deposed uh, person of an unknown nation who wants to throw a coup there. And so this kind of illum- illuminates a little bit what Schwarzenegger's band of mercenaries was doing because it feel it was always going to be some sort of weird government strange oh, yeah. ops. I mean, we knew that, but it seems like specifically they're like the murderers for hire that they send in to do coups and other various quasi-legal things. Yeah, it feels very much like a Suicide Squad situation where if you die, no one gives a shit, but if you win, cool. Also, no one knows. Exactly. Like, they feel like they were the Suicide Squad. Yeah, but also that they're just doing icky things. Like, every mission they did, I think, from a... from If you were to find out about what they were doing, you'd be like, well, why is our government doing that? Wait a minute. Hold on. Yeah. You're not a good guy. questions. He so he's basically like, <laughs> this is basically like, okay, we're going to put you on a plane. You're going to go murder the president of this country. I'll become the new president. And then you can have your daughter back. It seemed weird that the deposed man was like, I can become president after he's dead. Which, Cause I don't, I would like to see a flow chart. <laughs> I don't precisely understand how that works. He, it seems like his plan is kill the president, create a power vacuum, seize power. But he doesn't have the army. He doesn't have like he's got the like a handful pieces. of soldiers. But they- well, well, he has more than a handful of soldiers because this guy went to the putty squad <laughs> slash GI Joe <laughs> recruitment went, center he went to read a repulsa and their little yes. machine. But I mean, like, if if you and your army can't aren't welcome or allowed in the country you're trying to overthrow that feels like a major hiccup in your plan indeed it does indeed it does 
So anytime we see Arnold Schwarzenegger in an airport, it's fun for me. Well, also just, he says I'll be I back. Like it. He does. Yes, he does. Because this movie was like the the script is secondary. They I yeah. feel like they figured out their stunts. Like they sent their second unit in first, and then they and then <laughs> yes. they filled in the rest. <laughs> yep, that is exactly how it. What went. stunts did you film? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if we can string together a movie between. It's like how the the Power Rangers, which I didn't put this together when I made that putty joke, but the Power Rangers is a Japanese show, and they filmed all the fights and the like the the plot parts. And then we in America we bought it and just retaped the plot parts and used the fights, but they just were stringing together to make the fights make sense. Yeah, it's well, basically that same thing. Well, and there was a I don't know which version of because there's a hundred thousand Power Rangers. There's one version of Power Rangers where for some reason we cast a child to play the blue ranger even though in the fight okay. sequence he's he's a whole ass adult <laughs> a full grown man yeah so his he's the only one that like had a full body transformation because they had to show him growing <laughs> up to big size so he eats like a super mario brother yeah he eats a mushroom eats like, a spinach and it's just like bloop 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 <laughs> that's a great one uh we also get so he does say i'll be back and uh bennett like he walks away and then Bennett like squeakily rolls down the window, which I really want the version of this where you're looking at the car and not at Schwarzenegger walking away because it was clearly like a, I got to get a zinger back at him because it takes like 15 whole seconds that he's like, I'll be waiting. I'll be waiting. I hope you heard me. You hear me? He heard me. He only gets down an inch and he's like pressing his face through it, turning sideways. Yes. I wanted that exact sequence. Because that's why they do the cutaway. Oh, Otherwise, yeah. it would be absurd. I also forgot that airport security was, like, basically a, a punchline in the 80s. Yes. People are they're walking through. There's no way these dudes don't have guns. I think that that, that part of it is that they don't have guns. Mm. Because they, they send two of them in with Arnold, and they basically are like, oh, if you try anything, we're going to kill your yeah, daughter. It's a like, weird, that's... like, ultra fail safe where they're like, we're sending two men in. One man's there to make sure you get on the plane. The second man's going to fly with you to make sure you get off the plane. And also, yes, we're going to have exactly. men waiting on the other side to watch you come out of the plane. Like, <laughs> this, this feels like oh a lot. Oh, my God. I want the secret, like, directed DVD movie special feature thing that's just Dan Hedaya explaining he's, this very complicated he's plan got, he's, with a whiteboard. He hands out bound, ver- bound copies of the plan to everyone around a big <laughs> now, table. All right, now flip to page thirteen. What we're gonna we're gonna skip a few bits. That's your introductory explains the healthcare plan. We do have dental. We do have vision. We do not have dependent coverage. I'm just gonna get it out there now. I did not no give you an FSA coverage. card. I'm sorry. You'll just have to budget. <laughs> Whoop. We cater dinner, not lunch. If you're here past four, we every other meal's on your own. There's a 60-day waiting period for health insurance. I'm sorry. You are COBRA eligible. That's out of pocket for you. There is company parking. If you forget your parking pass, you will be towed. (laughs) We encourage carpooling. (laughs) And there are free gym memberships to encourage you to stay healthy and fit. We need you to be in tip-top shape for all the murdering I'm going to be asking you to do in very short order. Yeah, there's so many people involved in this plan that it's basically get on a plane, fly somewhere. It's not even like hijack the plane. It's fly, it's it's just just get on a plane. Get on it. 
Yes. And also, the only reason it exists is so that we can get this insane sequence, which is Arnold is like, at first I thought it was a Mr. T from ATM situation where he's afraid to fly because the door starts closing and Arnold's in like a full on panic. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's a puppy dog. Yeah, and he asked the the flight attendant for a pillow and a blanket. And I just and thought, then, gross. Yeah, exactly. And then my note was, how is he going to kill this guy with a pillow and a blanket? Because I was like, I know what this is leading to. I, I'm mad and my it, brain didn't get there before the movie did. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, but instead of using the pillow and blanket, he sort of bends over like he's going to tie his shoe, smashes this guy with an elbow, grabs him around the neck, and then just crunches it. And then he just folds him up into the seat with the pillow and blanket like he's asleep. And then the camera pulls back and you see that there's the it's a full flight. It's not like right. they're the only ones. Like, if Dan Hedaya had been like, I bought out first class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have been like, sure, sure. But there's people in the seats in front of him. There's people sitting one what 18 inches 20 inches what's the width of an airplane i well back then it was probably like two and a half feet because the guy behind me shifts in his seat and i'm doing a a head turn yeah but there's a person sitting directly next to schwarzenegger as he's assaulting this man to death but i love that he he like finds the flight attendant and is like don't disturb my friend he's he's dead he's dead tired and i was like oh boy this movie And then he somehow is able to. He gets. He says he's going to the bathroom. It took me a and he second to like figure he, this. I had. I was like, had Wikipedia up, and I, I, I like read the next sentence, and I was like, wait, that's what he's about trying to accomplish. It looks like he goes into the bathroom, and then there's like a secret get smart elevator in this airplane bathroom. No, it's it, he's in he's in the plane dumbwaiter elevator thing. I don't think that's a. I guess it must. Have it, been no, it is because it's in um, World War Z as well. Um, oh. there's a, when the plane takes out, I bet it's in world war Z because Max Brooks likes commando. <laughs> Maybe. I don't think he, <laughs> oh, he didn't write, Max Brooks didn't write the movie. I don't think. Oh, 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 I thought you meant the book. No, it's in the movie. Uh, the plane's taken off out of Jerusalem and a flight attendant like hits an up button that like brings an elevator up and then surprise, there's a zombie in there. Interesting. Okay. Um, so that is a thing, but he, so yeah, he takes his dumbwaiter down, punches through some industrial fabric somehow with just his fingertips. Yes. And then he, well, he first like, he like pokes at it with his fingers like he's trying to find the seam. And then he just goes like straight through and rips. And then you see that there's like a zipper that he could have just like it's poked It's industrial the coated canvas. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he climbs down onto the wheels of the plane. I did a little research for this. Okay. What is what would you guess is the average takeoffs? Because at first I was like, "What's the taxi speed?" And then this yeah. plane is taking off. Like the wheels are starting to lift off, off the yeah. ground. Yeah. This is today. Uh, the average takeoff speed for a jetliner. Eight hundred miles an hour. One hundred and fifty is the average. <laughs> so I guess I was thinking like a jet plane. Okay. Like yeah, one hundred fifty makes a lot more sense. A jetliner, yeah, one hundred and fifty yeah. miles an hour. He's holding on to the wheel. <laughs> Yes, the wind alone, like a speck of dust, <laughs> would blind you gone. permanently. It's, yes, his cornea would be obliterated. Yeah, right? And so he jumps off the plane into a body of water. <laughs> the, the best part about this, too, is this is one of many great dummy falls in this movie. But he, like, 
he jumps off and it turns to a dummy for like two seconds. And instead of it being like a dummy falling into water and then it's like Arnold swims out, it cuts from the dummy to Schwarzenegger just gracefully in a seated position, landing in a marsh, like sort of butt and legs first, and then just standing up and walking out of it. He fell at 150 miles an hour from about (laughs) 30 feet in the air into maybe two feet of swamp water. There, there, I will say a little bit of addendum. There is a lot of like marsh grass stuff there. Just cu- there's a little bit of cushion in the. In okay. the I'm just gonna say ten percent more. Also, he isn't. Is the second that he lets go of the plane, he's not going 150 miles an hour. He's going like gravity, nine point eight meters a second. Although, but wouldn't you, if you are at moment, wouldn't the momentum have carried him theoretically? I think. I th- I mean a little, but I don't. I think you're. I think you would like the breaking would be just like almost immediate. I like that we're doing a physics problem now. <laughs> I, I didn't even take <laughs> physics. If Arnold Schwarzenegger weighs 300 pounds and he's moving 150 miles an hour and he's 30 feet in the air, what is the speed at which he hits <laughs> he the, ground? the ground? Anyone yeah. who knows physics, answer that. <laughs> I well, like I said, physics. it's 9.8. It's 9.8 meters a second. Which is which is a number that we could use to calculate his his terminal velocity, if nothing else. Sure, that's the that's the weight that's the weight of gravity. I, that's the I believe you, but I just don't. I didn't know that. Why didn't you take physics? I didn't have to. I didn't take a science my senior year of high school because I didn't have oh, to. Oh, okay. And I took uh the the baby math class senior year, where my uh prob probability and statistics prob stat. And uh, the textbook. I also took that class. The textbook said elementary probability in crayon writing, like the it was crayon font. <laughs> I I remember the teacher I had for that class. We would get our worksheets, and they were like, like pun. It was pun word like problems. Do, yeah, and I would just solve the pun. And then I would hand them to her and she'd be like, you didn't, you didn't show any of your work. And I was like, are they wrong? And she's like, well, no, no, but, but you (sighs) look, we both know you didn't do this. And I would be like, that was me with my gym teacher freshman year. Yeah. We both know I didn't do all these workouts. I wrote down on the paper. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I forgot you had the, yeah, you've told that before. I think you had the football. I had your football trainer and. It was like, I hope you don't think I I think you did all this. And I was like, no, I'm glad you don't. <laughs> I just need to be on the record that we both know I'm not stupid. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, no. But I don't I care, it. but I'm not stupid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the, the short guy, Curtis, uh, who previously Schwarzenegger said, you're funny, I'll kill you last, uh, is harassing Radon Chong. He's who is dressed just like a movie a theater call. carpet from the 90s. Yes. Also in a suit jacket that looks eerily reminiscent of the one from Weird Science, I felt. A little bit, but I meant this, the pattern on his on his suit looks like 90s movie theater carpet. Absolutely, absolutely. He's being a creep and a jerk. Like, she's on, she's on the phone, and he's, like, chiming in on her conversation. And it's like, buddy. <laughs> I will say, I've never done it myself, but I've seen people do the thing where someone's like obnoxiously on speakerphone in public, and you just start getting in on the conversation, and then they eventually stop. Which I—that is different. Speakerphone's different yes. than I'm on a payphone on the. Absolutely. So much of this movie is predicated on payphones. So much payphone. I was like, I was wow, payphones were important back then. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know the last time I saw a payphone. 
Uh, I was in New Orleans, and I desperately wanted to make a call on it because I was like, holy crap, it's a payphone, but it cost 50 cents. I had no change, as as you would imagine. And also, I was like, I don't know any local numbers because I'm in New Orleans. Well, I remember the boardwalk had a payphone, and I, I had the number. I put the number in my phone so we could just randomly call it. Really? Yeah. Did anyone ever pick up? I'm sure. It's been 100,000 years. Oh, man. That's so cool. I, I do not remember that I think, and really I, I want to say that that number has, like, followed my phones. So I think I still have Boardwalk Payphone in my phone, even though that... I, I wish I... I wish I had known about this. I we to- I would have told like anytime we were at the boardwalk, we were at the beach. I would have been like, let's call the boardwalk phone. Yeah, we're like, hey, how's the weather there? Yeah, exactly. What's the price of dollies? Buy, sell. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would have been like, I'm calling from the future. <laughs> like walking by you right now, there's a man in a mustache. He's extremely dangerous. <laughs> Throw candy corn at him. Yes, exactly. Um, so Arnold is watching this whole sketchy stalking thing happen with Napoleon and Radon Chong, and he is then the third person trailing Napoleon, who is trailing Radon Chong. Mm-hmm. He gets her a second time in the parking lot with a little bit of ca- casual harassment, and she tells him to screw off. And then Arnold grabs her, which of course scares the bitch. Of course. Of her. Well, I thought it was he him. Her- I thought it was the bad guy. Yeah. I did too, but then I realized the hand was up on her shoulder, and I was like, oh, he can't reach that high. Yeah, he's a little baby. He's a tiny man. And Arnold has her get in the driver's seat, and then for reasons that are never explained and make absolutely no sense in the movie, he pulls the other seat out of the car with his bare hands. He just rips the side passenger out. This movie was written by a child. (laughs) I thought it was, oh... He's doing that so he can, like, lay down on the floor and hide. But then seconds later, he's just sitting on the floor. I was like, what is I the point like, of this? But also, wouldn't he have just climbed into the back seat and laid down? I don't think Arnold could fit in the back seat of that car. Like, I think if the plot was Arnold needs to hide and not be seen, he couldn't fit in that car. He would have had to remove the seat. But he doesn't do that. He, But he, like, it is... A hundred percent this movie is written by a man watching his four-year-old play with a G.I. Joe and a Barbie and a Barbie dream car. It's like Axe Cop. Yes, exactly. This is Axe Cop. So they, they do this like follow Napoleon thing and he convinces this woman to help her, help him rather, but he has still not asked her her name. No, we find out later her name. what the dealio is fully. Right, right. Right, he's like a psycho kidnapper at this point. Later, we do. She does get a name, but I don't think there's ever a sequence in the movie where he's like, "I'm." They don't introduce themselves. They keep calling him. They keep. He keep, they keep calling him Matrix. I forget what his character's name it's is. John Matrix. But he, his last name is Matrix. Oh, I thought that was like his code name. I, but like, at no point is he like, "I'm John. This is my daughter, Alyssa Milano. Here's us feeding a deer. Here's us eating ice cream." I wrote "baby yeah, cookie" exactly. throughout all of my notes. <laughs> There's no horses and elevators in this mall, though, so I have to no, I have to dock is, some points. That is that is a problem. Um, so he explains the situation. Finally, is like, look, I need you. That guy knows where my daughter is. I need you to get him to come over here. So just like tell him you're in love with him and that you want to see him. And she's like, okay, I'll do it. She goes into this bar. She wisely asks for help from a security guard. I don't fault her for doing it. I agree. But then later, she pretends she didn't. Yes, that's what I was, was going like, to bring ma'am, up. Uh, we all saw you what you did, which is fine. Yeah. Self-preservation, but like, own up to it. Yeah. So she asked this discount Peter Weller to help her 
with this Arnold situation. So he starts radioing the other mall cops. Meanwhile, Napoleon is making a deal for some passports with just a random man in this this hip bar. Some it's so for some weird. reason located in a mall. It's packed. It's playing like loud thumpy club music. Everyone's having a good time. Why is this in a mall? It's I don't get it because it, it feels like I have no. I was gonna try and like a, like it feels like an Irish pub, but it's playing thumping music. The the sets for the outside of this and the inside of this are completely they don't match the outside the outside says there's a fish special yeah it's it's an irish pub on the outside yes and then on the inside it's the bar from gremlins right it's just cocaine mirrors and nonsense um well like i was thinking about it i don't know that i would necessarily believe arnold if i were in her shoes no, I don't have any problem whatsoever with this character being like, I need to get myself out of this situation. Like, if it was me, I would tell that cop, and then I would try to find a... I would go to the bartender and be like, hi, I'm being uh, kidnapped. Uh, the person who kidnapped me is not in here. Is there a back exit that I can get to safety? Mm-hmm. Can I hide behind the bar, even? Yeah, exactly. But instead, Arnold just starts, like, wailing on security guards. Well, He's and just like... The- the cr- the sleazy bad guy what's his name i keep calling him napoleon but i think it's because <laughs> oh, he's short i was like why is he calling yes napoleon? he's short <laughs> yes yes it, he he says the phrase sully his name is sully. sully he's talking to the guy which honestly the him and the guy feels very jurassic parky like it feels like yeah. given the canister to nedry yeah, yeah but yeah. they're talking about the bar and he's like this bar used to be great for hunting slash and it's one of those like your grandparents say a phrase that you're like, was that racist? Like you you hear it and you're like, wait a minute. And then, in this case, deeply misogynist instead. Three seconds later, your brain's like, that's what that means. And I was like, oh Jesus, gross! <laughs> God, you're the worst. Um, he follows the woman outside. She's watching Arnold beat up all these rental cops, and he's like. He grabs at her purse and he's like, I need a quarter. He screams at her for a quarter, paws <laughs> yes. at her purse till he gets one. And I was like, and you don't think something's wrong now, ma'am? Yeah, yeah. So he's like frantically trying to dial this payphone. Arnold sees it. He does this incredible leap over he does the balcony a, a, the ro- a Dwayne the Rock Johnson leap. Yes. In Skyscraper. He's just like, lands on the stairs, runs up to it, and then he proceeds to pick up, he's like shaking the capsule phone booth he's in, so the guy's freaking out, and then he picks it up over his head. Empty, this thing would weigh 200 pounds. I I was going to say, this is at least 350, 400 pounds. And this has a full-grown, albeit short, but a full-grown man inside it. Yeah. But he shakes it like a vending machine where your candy bar is (laughs) stuck. Yes, and I was like, yes. what's he trying to accomplish? Give me my Sully. I want my Sully. Put the phone down now. <laughs> yeah, I was expecting him to like punch through the glass and then like slam the guy's head with the phone or something. Yeah. Instead, he, I was like, also, so he lifts it over his head like a strong man. And I was like, is he just going to throw him over the edge? Just that like, would have been so cool. It's like tube of death. Yeah, and then make a quip about like Niagara Falls, <laughs> or like, or like your your call's been cut short. Yes, yes. This mo- I wrote all caps. This is pandemonium. Money flying, bullets <laughs> flying, bodies yes. flying. This is a stunt show. <laughs> yes, yeah. There's a guy. The guy who bought, who uh, sold him the 
passports. He gets he pulls out a gun. Then he gets shot. Then he just this briefcase of money goes flying. I didn't get, and I really wanted the scene of like people frantically like grabbing for money because I probably yeah, would have. absolutely because you know that's in like hundreds. Oh, for sure it is. Probably non sequential too. Uh huh. And like, what are they gonna do? Like, you didn't do anything technically illegal, right? It's just loose money. Yeah. Yeah, it's not even stolen money. Ness- I mean, it could be it's stolen probably money, stolen, but we don't know that. Or it's that. laundered. But, like, it is, it's free money that's raining from the ceiling. Right. And then she pushes a cop down the stairs. <laughs> yes! She gives this guy a huge hip check, and he goes ass over tea kettle. <laughs> More movies need people pushing cops downstairs, I think. Because <laughs> it's, a, it's a mall. It's, an, it's a long-angled mall staircase. Yes. So he, like... Yeah. He like it's like death becomes her. He like stops in the middle of the landing and then keeps going, and then he like crawls up and he's like, "Lady, what are you doing?" And then Arnold, uh, rip. So I thought these were slides. I thought there were like three story slides in this mall because there's oh, all these. Oh yeah, there's all these like um, colorful. They look like tubes. Wacky inflatable tube men, but permanently affixed. Yeah, so I was like, oh, are these slides? No, I bet they're in art. I bet it's like just colored pipes. And then he rips one, and I was like, no, these are inflatable. And he Tarzan swings onto the elevator. Yeah, it's some real Errol Flynn business. And I wrote that this mall mayhem is sort of, for me, on par with the Gator wedding from Gator, Alligator. Oh, 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 yes, yes, I would agree with that. When you said gator wedding, I was uh, picturing, like, a wedding of alligators. <laughs> and I was alligators like, getting hitched. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? And then I then, that, then I got into our gator who was testifying in front of Congress. I was like, well, maybe he got married and I just <laughs> Wait, missed it. Wait, gator testifying in front of Congress? <laughs> yeah, in the movie Gator, we talked about this gator having to testify in front of Congress. Oh, and he was yes. like, very sophisticated. <laughs> and I was like, did he get... Did we He's got do, glasses like, on the tip of his nose. Right. And I was like, did we do a fiction where the gator in Gator who testified in front of Congress then got married and I don't remember the bit? <laughs> I do declare, Clarabelle, you are the finest gator of thine eye, these eyes have ever seen. You two may please do you me. two may lock jaws and death roll. <laughs> There's death roll through the cake. <laughs> but Napoleon gets into his Porsche and he's running away. Arnold decides to steal her car. Where he gets the keys, I'll never know. I guess I think maybe they were he just had there. them. Oh, they just left the keys in her convertible. That's well, seems it's smart. like in movies where people leave their keys in their sun visor. For some unknown yeah, I guess reason. That's, that's true. That's true. They actually do a bit with the car keys in the sun visor in the new Terminator. Oh, really? Like calling back to that scene in one of the other ones. Huh. Yeah. This, the keys aren't there in this one. But anyway, he's driving her car that doesn't have a passenger seat. She comes screeching outside being like, hey, don't leave without me. And I was like, lady, what? <laughs> like, why Maybe do you want to continue being involved? I don't know. Maybe... But she gets into where there's no passenger seat. And I wanted the really funny bit of her, like, buckling into the back seat. Well, I, wa- being, I like, wanted the visual of, like, Arnold at a normal person in a car height. And then, like, her forehead. Yes. Like, the car head on. And it's just her little forehead. Uh, but, but, like, him, he would have to put the seat so far back, he'd basically be sitting next to her anyway. And I wanted them just, like, slightly different seating positions. Yeah, I agree. But this is where you said it already, but she's like, oh, you know, I helped. And I was like, did you, though? Like, I, I very feel like- nicely tried to help you get your daughter back. And I was like, you didn't. You The first yeah, chance you got, you went to the police, which, like, fine. Right. I get it. But be honest. Yeah. 
you made the right call for your own safety, but don't don't act like you're the savior here. And so they run the bad guy off the road and then just crack like they kiss a telephone pole at 85 miles an hour. It goes it would go all the way through the hood into the passenger area. It doesn't, but it comes it very basically would have it should have just like cut the car in half like a circuit like a table saw. Like a Herbie the Love Bug. <laughs> yeah, extra. yeah it then, goes right in half. <laughs> and then Arnold's like holding her half of the yes, car together yes, exactly. and they're driving down the road. That's what it should be. Like, hold on. And he's just like you're dragging it along like a motorcycle. He's like side Fred car. Flintstoning it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's putting his feet through the ground. Or through the floor rather. So he they they get he gets out of the car, it picks up the bad guy, and he's like, I'll kill you if you don't tell me. And I was like, Mm, you need him. You can't threaten. You gotta break break a finger. Like, right? Keep breaking fingers till you're like, I'm gonna start breaking arms. You gotta tell me what At I this, need. He also had like dug through his pockets and found this hotel room key. Right, right, that right. He- uh, just before he dangled him so he's like oh i'm gonna go to this hotel he's like i already knew that that's not helpful mm-hmm. and then this i think is uh, the one-liners in this movie are uh, like a little too dumb for me yes. personally like i i but the problem is like i want one in the movie I this movie has w- one exactly for every one. bad guy yes yeah this one is the best one by far and it's like you needed another person to look at this script and be like this one rules the rest of these go exactly we don't need them but he dangles him by the ankle and he's like remember when i said i'd kill you last i lied and he just lets him go down the cliff it is a beautiful dummy fall it should have been a bag of soup it should have absolutely been a bag of soup. That was a, that's like one of the few disappointments of the action in this movie. I feel like Hollywood just needs to make like vaguely people-shaped plastic bags. <laughs> they use something very similar to that later in this movie. And just like fill up the up. plastic bag with soup, throw some clothes on yeah. it, and then throw it over the edge. Yeah, agreed. I mean, like like we said before, the only person who did it in the uh, in the whole whole of everything is Shane Black. Mm-hmm. In the, in the modern modern movement, he's the only bag of super. Uh, we they steal his car they and just they drive flip to his, the hotel. His car is on its side, run yes. off the road, and Arnold's like, "Oh, hang on!" And he just like pulls it fl- so it lands smashing on its wheels, and he's like, "Now we have a car." And I was like, "I don't, I don't know a lot about cars, but I feel like you don't." The engine would probably be okay. Uh, the axles and the wheels. No, no, no. and everything I, again, else. I I didn't say the axle and the wheels. I said the engine would probably be okay. I had a friend in high school who drove a very old Honda Civic, and it was the lightest car I've ever been around. Like, I think if I really had to, I probably could have lifted a corner of it. And we always joked about, like, oh, it'd be really funny. Like, we could definitely flip this car over. Like, <laughs> we could just roll it onto the roof without much effort. We never did that, of course. That would be horrible. <laughs> we grabbed a bunch I, of friends, and we picked it up, and we would we would move it. He'd park in one spot, yeah. and we'd move to a different parking spot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we probably could have. I never did that, especially back playing football. I'm sure we could have done that. Just like our grandmother's old Toyota Tercel. That thing weighed like 600 pounds when it was empty. Yeah, it, was it was like nothing. a go-kart. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we cut from that to Dan Hedaya and Alyssa Milano and the bad guys getting into a Jeep on this island. And it's this beautiful matte painting of switchbacks up into the mountain. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get to the hotel and they're searching the hotel as Bill Duke arrives. Also, everyone in this movie drives convertibles, which I like. Which I'm like, into. I get it. Yeah, yeah. But it's just very an odd, unusual detail. There's almost 
Even the bad guy car and the Jeep that the guys drive to chase Arnold have no top. It's really funny. Which lends itself to my theory that this is written by watching children play because all Ah. children's toy cars don't have roofs so that the toys can go in and out. Yeah, it's very unusual to have a roof in a G.I. Joe vehicle. This is a good point. There were some, before you tweet at me, I had them as well. I know that there were roofed G.I. Joe vehicles. But wouldn't the the roofs be removable so the G.I. Joes could get in there? Or like pivotable. Yeah. I do remember one vehicle I had with a rigid roof and doors, and it was always a pain in the butt to put dudes in and out of it. But I did have at least one Humvee-type vehicle like that. Yeah, I remember when, like, because I don't think none of my toys had vehicles. They weren't really part of what I played with. But when, like, my neighbors did, the neighbors had those, it was always, like, the door with no door on it. And I was like, how how do I get this this action figure in here? Right, right. Uh, so they're searching the hotel as Bill Duke arrives in his convertible, um, and Arnold <laughs> goes, he's like, oh, mess up the bed, and then he rips her shirt open. Like, he doesn't unbutton it, he rips the button. Yeah, I was like, you could have, you could unbutton, or ask her to, yeah. her to unbutton it. Sure, she could have agency. He turns the shower on, and he's like, act like you just slept with him, and he hides behind the door, and instead of just immediately, like, stabbing Bill Duke in the kidney, or just, like in the knee or doing something to disable him. He taps him on the shoulder and punches him. And it leads to this really long fight, which is amusing. But I was like, wait a minute. You what is just the strategy him. here? Just shoot him in the right. kneecap. Right. Exactly. Or, you know, anything, any move, hit him in the head with a vase, mm-hmm. like Scooby do it. But they have this big fight and Bill Duke is like shooting his gun and missing. And it almost hits Radon Chong a bunch of times. And then it also Arnold definitely would have hit the people in the next room. That's what I was getting at. Arnold double kicks him through the door that adjoins the rooms. And not only are these people still in there, they're still having sex. Yeah, I was like, this is just the gratuitous, unnecessary nudity that kind of has to happen in 80s movies, which is annoying. But can you imagine being that couple? Like you're in the middle of sex and two full grown men, sweaty, bleeding, (laughs) guns ablazing, burst through the door. No, but I also couldn't imagine what happened like 90 seconds poop. earlier. Like, you would yeah. just... <laughs> <laughs> but I also can't imagine what happened 90 seconds earlier is that they were naked and having sex, and then a bunch of bullets came through the wall. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're right. <laughs> it's like, I also would have shit my bed then, too. Well, no, what I'm picturing now is, like, bullets go off, they stop boning, the guy gets out of bed to like go towards the door and be like, what's happening? And then they burst through and then he poops. <laughs> and this is the only sequence where I was like, Ray, Ray Don, right? Ray Don. Mm-hmm. Where Ray Don was a little too quippy. Like she felt a little too Joss Whedon-y in this moment where she kept being like, yeah, she, these two men need to eat less red meat. And I was like, okay, that's not our best work. They got too much testosterone. I was like, all right. I mean, yes, we don't they need do, this cutaway. This isn't funny. Like, who's laughing at this joke? Who's this joke for? Mm hmm. Um, also, I didn't say it, but this is a supernatural ass hotel room. This is yes, like, it is. This is a <laughs> 60s, 70s. This is a- <laughs> Sam and Dean Winchester special, is what this is. <laughs> now I want to edit it where. They burst through the door into Sam and Dean. Yes, that would be delightful. Sam, <laughs> is that show still on? Is that is that out there yep. with Grey's Anatomy? Of like that's still the, on the air. So it was supposed to end, and then COVID happened, and now the final six or seven episodes are going to air starting in October. 
hmm, are they gonna are they squeezing that out to be a new se- quote unquote new season? No, this is everyone is talking about like they were they I mean I don't think they would do that. They were talking about it ends at season fifteen and then the COVID happened and they there was like I think they had to film two more and do effects for like six or seven so they're doing the effects and finishing. But I think it's gonna be like a six episode run here in October. Hmm. I was just curious if they I'm were get- like. If they're like, oh, technically we ran for 16 seasons. I keep I keep trying to, I'm like, all right, can someone tell me where I can jump in on this last arc? Like, I don't want to watch all six, but I'll watch probably four. Like, tell me where it's what, really good to start. Four episodes? Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant seasons. No, no. I, I, I got into double digits of Supernatural, but I can't. <laughs> like, I tried to watch. I pulled up. I did, like, a, you know, best episodes featuring X, and I found one that i never seen before and I put it on and I was like, there's like six characters now that I don't know that are regulars. I just, it's too what far What I would gone. love is a super cut of previously on Supernatural. Yeah. So be like, like, look, just give me, long. give me the first f- four seasons worth of previously on Supernatural. I'll get through it in half an hour and then I can be caught up. Well, I just, I, I mean, you watched it for a while. I watched, the end I of think each season. probably like the first five or six seasons. I was just talking so about, the end about of, it. The end of each season has like a multi-episode arc that is like one. Yeah. It's kind of like a movie. So I just needed someone to tell me what that is so I can get back on. That's what I'm saying. Fair. Because presumably two of these are about stuff I don't care about. Once they got into the whole like heaven and hell and demons and uh, or the heaven and hell and like angels, I was like, we're in the weeds, guys. Well, the trailer for this is the end of the show is them trying to kill God. Guys, this show started out with as spooky daddy issues. Like, what happened? We talk about supernatural an unhealthy amount on this program. By kind the way, kind of for a show that collectively we have watched for fifteen seasons, but not <laughs> between, all fifteen between seasons between the two of us. Yes. Well, I think it's just a show about brothers. No, I like Supernatural just fine. I'm just saying, we talk for a show that is not about Supernatural, <laughs> it comes up more often than it should. On the Supernatural pod. <laughs> right, exactly. That'll Wind be our chatter. next podcast, is just me trying to guess the plots of Supernatural episodes and being like, so a mermaid, right? I feel like I slipped that in there and it got lost, so I'm going to say again, the Wind Chatter podcast. I mean, I like that. That's very clever. Uh, anyway, um, Enough he about kills Bill Duke. <laughs> back to the, back to the movie. about Commando. <laughs> back to the movie already in progress. He throws Bill Duke back into the correct hotel room, and he lands on this mysterious spike Where that I that still don't from? know what it but I think it's supposed to be like a broken bedside table part, but it is just a spike. Yeah, I it's feel as like- if Giles it snuck into the room. He's like, <laughs> "Hold on, and here we go." Oh, Buffy. Oh, oh. that's <laughs> another show. Buffy. Um, I feel like they should have just had him like, cause, cause this hotel room has those very eighties, nineties clear glass cubes. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. how the wall will be made of those clear, like, it's like ice cubes, so everything's kind of like wobbly, and you can't really see through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He should have just like smashed through those and been like all smashed up. Yeah, no, it would have been much better. Uh, so they go look through his car, and she finds a receipt for airline it's some or real, airplane fuel. Like Nancy Drew point and click game bullshit. Like I'm imagining yes. they open the trunk and you have to like click, like click on the oil can and the feather and the flower hat. 
Yes. And she's like, oh, I'm taking flying lessons, and this is where my instructor buys his fuel. And I was like, oh, that's why you're still in the movie. I was, I was like, oh, she's studying to get her pilot's license. Look at this backstory and character arc. <laughs> no, I liked it, but I was like genuinely perplexed as to why she was still. I was like, certainly she's going to have a purpose at some point. She's going to do something, right? Yeah. So they sneak into this uh, warehouse, at which point we've learned her name is Cindy, although I don't know how. Like, he just is like, come on, Cindy, I'll help you up. And I'm like, wait, who? What? Who's Cindy? What's happening? Is there Cindy! another person? Oh. <laughs> he knows my name. <laughs> God, that movie is so stupid. It really is. You can't think about it. It's like a, it's any Christmas movie. The second you stop yeah. and think about it too much, <laughs> yeah, you're you're in quicksand. No, I really enjoy it. It's like that. This basically uh, is the extreme jingle all the way. Yeah, this is the R-rated jingle all the way. It's like instead of getting a toy, it's his kid, but it's just the same. Well, no, wouldn't like, that Arnold- also that could also apply to um, the one with Eliza Dushku? Is that True Lies? Yes. The end of of True Lies is just the end of Jingle All the Way. That is true. I think I think there are about lies- seven beats you can put in an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Well, it's it's like he has a both all three of these movies, True Lies, Commando, and Jingle All the Way, have a major set piece in a mall. Mm-hmm. Have uh, oh, you're Arnold, right. <laughs> they have a major mall piece. They have uh, Arnold with a reluctant sidekick who is not white. I'm not sure. Wait, no, I guess his sidekick in most of True Lies is Tom Arnold. So that, well, no, that kills I would, that. I mean, she's not a sidekick, but it's uh. Who's the woman? You're thinking of a racer. No, 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 no. That's Vanessa uh, Williams. Williams, yeah. I'm thinking of the the villainous. Oh, I'm talking about, like, Arnold's sidekick, though. Oh, I, I wouldn't say he His, has like, a, side, a sidekick sidekick. He's not in the field. Like, Tom Merle's not in the field. He's not a field he's agent. He's in the van. He's in the van. He's, like, talking in the earpiece. Okay. In the field versus in the van. All I'm saying in this Super Nintendo if someone, game, if someone of true came lies. up to me in a bar and was like, "Hey, I work. I'm an, a secret agent. I work in the field," and then I find out what he meant was, "I sit in the van." <laughs> no, how dare you! All I'm, all I'm saying is, in the nearly impossible Super Nintendo game, True Lies, <laughs> oh, Tom Arnold is, is in the van. That game is up there with the Star Wars game of like. What's the point? What I don't know what's happening because I can't get <laughs> the five point minutes is in. That you lose, yeah. Um, but Back when Tom video Arnold... games were just like, how do we make kids cry? <laughs> no, I think what it really was is like if we make twenty five percent of it impossible, we don't have to make the other seventy five. So you think there's no that's that there's would be the no best game. like <laughs> the best thing to like discover. That would be the best discovery of 2020 that like classic, all these classic video games didn't have endings because the beginning was so hard. Right. They were just like, "Eh, I don't know. And then there's that bit where you can like put in a cheat code and jump to other levels. And they were just like, there was just no thread connecting them. Yeah. It's just those levels. Yeah. Anyway, um, the, the, all three of those movies are very, very similar and have really similar pieces. Um, I think True Lies is sort of in betwixt this. So and maybe that. it's this is the R, and the True Lies is the PG thirteen, and the uh, Turbo Man is a PG. Yeah, but it's all the same flavor of nonsense. It is. It is. It's a very cons- it's a very persistent accent that nobody seems to notice. Right. Exactly. 
they sneak into this warehouse and then they decide that they need to go like they're like oh there's no airplane fuel here so they must be going something else they find a picture of a seaplane that they have in this thing it looks like this production still of this movie no, it looks like you hired a private investigator to catch your plane cheating on yes you. and like yes, this is the yes. photo they hand you in the manila envelope the plane is like behind a window holding a curtain open in lingerie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so this is where the movie could have easily been like, oh, this is the kind of plane fuel. Like if that's an, uh, you know, an, what's she called? An amphib- amphibious plane? I think she called it that. Uh, uh, yeah. I, yeah. I she think it's like seaplane. Seaplane. That's the kind of fuel it would take and about how much and what it was. But they're like. They, like, pull out, again, Nancy Drew point and click game. They, like, pull out the invoice and hold it next to the picture as though that tells you anything. And right, she's like, right. oh, it says this is a seaplane and 250 gallons. And if you look at this map, that is exactly how many gallons you would need to fly to the island and back. And so that must mean, and I was like, yeah, we got it. Like, you can just <laughs> say, oh, that's the plane they're fueling with this invoice. Right. Right, right, right. But she, it's like she, she, it's like I appreciate that she gets something to do, frankly, and that she does like, okay, you could fly this far, which means, but I wanted her, like, either it needs to be fully that she's got like a sextant and she's like measuring on this map to figure out the distance, or it just needs to be hand waved further because this is in the middle and it's worse. Yeah, it's it very much reminded me of Sigourney Weaver in Galaxy Quest, where she's like, look, I have yeah. one job on this ship. It's stupid, but I'm going to do it. Okay. Exactly. So they decide that they're going to go shopping. They're going to. He's sm- going to smack crash a, a f- not a forklift. A it's a, a it's a yeah it's a um oh my god the buck it's got the the Scoopy bucket a bulldozer no because it's got the it's got the is it a bulldozer I thought it had the Scoopy bucket. yeah it does have a Scoopy bucket that's a bulldozer I thought bulldozers were the like the snow shovel fronts that's what this has. I thought this was the, the like. No, 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 no. This, this okay. Th- you're talking about a digging arm, yeah, which is sometimes on the back bucket. of a bulldozer. So that's sometimes the back of a bulldozer. Okay, that's like kind of. A I was clearly arm. This not is the front. Of I was the not a construction vehicles kid. Yes, as you might have guessed. I believe that is technically an excavator. What you're describing. Okay, that would make sense. I have found a child's play diagram that is explaining that. Uh, that is an excavator as opposed to the bulldozer. And then there's also <laughs> it's not a called back- a scoopy bucket. There's also a backhoe loader, which is kind of like both on one vehicle. Oh, so yeah, he s- crashes this like construction vehicle through a storefront. And then there's a mini montage of them like looting the store. Yeah. It's a surplus store that also has every possible gun known man. Like, you can't walk into a store and buy an active grenade. That doesn't exist. He, like, walks up to the back wall and, like, pulls on a candlestick so that the wall opens and reveals yes. this room of guns, including a rocket launcher. Yes, m- multiple rocket launchers. He gets, like, 50 grenades. He's just, like, loading bags up. And then, of course, the police showed up because you smashed a store. You didn't, like... Catwoman break the glass with your fingernail. Or like, I don't know, go around the back and break in the back door as opposed to the glass front door. There's a lot of bravado with smashing the the plate glass windows. So she's chasing him in the convertible and they pull up to the stoplight together and the cops are like making eyes at her. 
and the cops keep driving in their SWAT van that he's in the back of, and she picks up the rocket launcher and she aims it at the van, and I'm like, what is the end game here? So she launches, and it turns out, oops, it's backwards. You I love that the because bus that, I, 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 I would do the same thing. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, then she turns it around and she launches a missile at this this van that he's in. But I was like, what is the end game? He's in there. What are we doing? Because this is a stunt show, Trip. <laughs> so you she could blows in, up in the normally car. you'd be able to see the wire that connects the sparkler to the van so that the yes, piston can yes. knock it over and it looks like it exploded uh-huh. yeah she blows up the van and he hops out of it and the two cops aren't dead it's like we have to make sure this woman didn't kill anybody we just have to make sure that she's just saving arnold and nothing else and he asks her how she figured it out and she says i read the instructions which i thought was a good that line. was cute um this it was the first when he's in the back seat of or the back seat in the back of the truck. He tells them like, "Oh, call police, call army general so and so, and he'll sort this right. all out." And they're like, "Yeah, okay, buddy." But I'm like, I feel like that's a thing. If someone said, you, "If you contact this army general, they will explain everything," you probably would just do that, right? Yeah, I would think so. I would think that they would they would at least you know entertain that request. It's the first of many times that happens, and it doesn't happen until later. Finally, so Alyssa Milano is trying to escape. Oh, right, right. Because she's been sitting in this room, and I was like, baby cookie, you got to get out of it. Like, do anything. Yeah. You clearly have been trained for some of this business. I was like, where's my three ninjas moment? Right, right. We cut to Arnold and Radon Chong in the plane trying to take off as these gunmen close in, and she's like frantically struggling to get the plane ready to to go as he's like shooting out the back door also this is presumably their only seaplane so firing guns at it feels like a wildly stupid idea yeah and it's like the bad guys showing the bullet this is the bad guys only seaplane and that's the only way to get to their island maybe don't fire guns at it yeah, although I do feel like there's a special like bonus that you would be eligible for if you foiled the plot of someone trying to steal and siege the the base. I don't know. Like maybe. I feel like maybe that's on page 88 of the Dan Hedaya book that we referenced yeah. earlier. It's like the special bonus structure that they're all basically impossible to get, but And then like if you kill two guys with one bullet, it counts extra cuz you're saving some money. Right, right. Um but so they're driving the seaplane on the water and Arnold somehow instinctively knows that if he flips this switch, it'll go fast enough to fly. But like, well, he pushes the throttle. He doesn't do the switch. He like pushes the throttle. But it's still stupid. It's like you gave her one job in the movie, and it's like, oh, I don't know if we're gonna make it. Make it a near miss, and it's fine. Like, make her a good pilot instead of Arnold being like, oh, you just have to go faster. Yeah. Like, what is the point of this? Like, make her make the wing like clip the top of a sailboat or something. Exactly, or it knocks off a part of the floater or whatever. Yeah. Uh, this is when we get Bill Paxton for 30 seconds of screen time yeah. where they're like, you're in protected airspace. And Remove yourself. Once again, he's so they're flying over a military base and he goes, contact military general so-and-so and he'll verify yeah. my identity. And they're like, we will shoot you down if you don't get out of our airspace. <laughs> and yeah, it's like they they... They obviously need to do that. I get that. But then her secondary part is like, oh, yeah, the planes from LAX avoid this for that reason. And I was like, 
The planes from LAX <laughs> certainly could get cleared to go through this airspace. They're like actually needing to go there. What are we doing here? <laughs> well, I just like the I want to hear the the news report that's like another commercial airline was gunned <laughs> down over this air. The United States military shot down a commercial airplane again today. <laughs> For the fifth time in as many weeks, an uh, Air Force base has killed 300 American civilians for no apparent reason. We're now beginning to success- suspect that they killed Amelia Earhart. <laughs> like, what are you saying? This is complete nonsense. It's madness. So they land their plane, and he's like, Park it here, a hundred miles offshore, so they won't see us. And I was like, "What are you just gonna f- like swim to shore with your duffel bags full of guns?" <laughs> no, he's got a rubber dinghy that he's gonna get in the somehow briefs possible. Had a, a rubber dinghy. Don't know where that came well, I, from. I assume that was like safety equipment on the plane for like crashes. Oh, maybe because it is a small plane. It's like a three or four person plane. Yeah, mm. but he he packed a speedo, a change of clothes, and makeup. He did. Yes, he, that was all part of his surplus grabbing. He was like one. He was like one mysterious switch that I'm going to flip on and off nine times to make sure it's working. Forty grenades, five thousand bullets, and uh, a a sexy gay army man costume in a bag. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is so this is my problem when I watch movies like this. I enjoy them on like a stupid level, but to me, this movie is as real as Lord of the Rings, right? As Predator, like, yeah. Anything, like anything, completely fantastical. Like it's Die Hard is as real as Lord of the Rings. It's not, it's it's nonsense. The one man army thing is a stupid trope. It only works in movies, but I feel like. For a certain percentage of the population, these are just masturbatory fantasies. Like, if you look at this part where Arnold gears up, there's, like, a huge chunk of people in our country who dress like this and run around like idiots thinking they're actually... It's like, you don't look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. He is fake. Like, he's a he's a G.I. Joe. This is a movie. For fuck's sake. Like, You look like you're playing dress-up in your dad's clothes. You stupid fuck. Right. Like Arnold puts on this vest and he's got like six guns hanging off of it, two he, bandoliers the teeth of, of the grenades vest are like clinging for dear life because he's so yeah. goofy. Yeah, and it's like if you don't look like that, you Your shouldn't be allowed to dress like arms this. Look stupid. Yeah, if you don't look like Arnold, you shouldn't be allowed to put this much gear on. I'm sorry, I agree. it's stupid. Or unless you're, or you can be an active serviceman. Indeed. Sure, but they don't they don't dress like that because it's too much shit to carry around. Arnold is carrying two hundred pounds of munitions in this. Yeah, it's you're right. Easily, it's he'd definitely like, it's be a, over like over encumbered in a video game and walk slow. Yes, of course he would. He's got like forty guns. You pick up that pencil and it's like you're carrying too much, and now you can't yeah. run. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, well, if I combine this into that and put this over here, <laughs> if I drop. I guess I don't need these three pistols. I'll drop those. Right. So uh, at this point, Bennett tells Dan Hedaya that Arnie is coming. Because they finally so discovered like the dead body. Right, right. Oh, yeah, the plane lands with the dead guy on it, and he's got, like, this little trickle of blood out of his nose. I couldn't figure I was like, where did that blood come from? Yeah, I, I really don't know. I mean, I guess a s- severe neck injury would probably do that, but... I guess. I'm not a doctor. But... Arnold starts his one man army attack and he like he gets two guys with a knife and then he has this like spring loaded knife launcher that he uses to kill one. guy. I thought he was throwing guns, but uh, throwing knives. But that (laughs) makes so much more sense. 
that it's a knife. Well, the first knife two, gun. the first two are thrown. The third one is a knife gun. I don't know what the deal is. <laughs> do you think he and Sly Stallone like collabed over like what did you do in your movie? Well, yes, I, I, but not I tied a bunch of people to a bed and electrocuted them. That sounds cool. <laughs> like I'm going to electrocute a guy in my movie now. Yeah, like I wonder if they were just like basically jerking each other off with action movies. What do you think if I ripped a pipe out of the wall and threw it into a guy I, and a bunch of steam I came javelins. out of him and I said <laughs> I threw it like a javelin and all this steam came out and I said, "Hey, hey Bennett, let off some steam." Oh, that sounds like it would be really funny. Be a good line. Yeah, th- what do, what do you think about the robot I put in Rocky Four? <laughs> I, I hate it. Take it out. But wait, like for thirty or forty years, you almost sound like a GI Joe villain. Yes, I, I'm not. <laughs> You're like a German GI Joe villain. The the problem is like much like my Tango and Cash, uh, oh, Jesus Jack Palance. Like I have to do a very specific thing to go into it, and I don't want to just have this whole podcast. Right. Well, with Jack Palance, it's that, like, gonna have to get Tango and Cash. Like, <laughs> it's the sucking in noise, uh-huh. which is objectively less annoying than if I started every Arnold impression by going, Jamie! Like, the nobody wants to hear out. Yeah, like, I don't want to have to delete a thousand Jamies, so I'm just trying to launch myself just into the impression. The yeah, I get it. Middling success. Um, he kills. So he, after he kills the guy with the knife launcher, he just starts mowing dudes down, and then he pulls out this grenade or uh, explosive device. Somehow he had the time to set a bunch of he, explosives. Well, they oh. show him setting them. He like goes to each little hut and like sets an explosive device. Yeah, but that would like when you see the scale of the, what he has exploded, he was doing that for like a good ninety minutes. You mean Disaster Canyon on the backlot tour yeah. <laughs> at, at yes. Disney's Hollywood Studios? But I love this explosion. It's really great. It's practical. Things are getting actually blown up. But they shot it from like a thousand angles and just like roll it through. It's oh, like they a good... blew up once and they were like, we got to get every camera angle. Right. So there's like maybe 90 seconds of this. Did you notice the dummies? No. You So there was a bunch of like soldiers standing in front of buildings as they blew up. And I'm using air quotes on the word soldier. But instead of them like doing it like you do for um, like hiding a scarecrow where you make a post and then you put it up one leg and up to the shoulder. Mm -hmm. They have very visible support posts between their legs. And so when it shows them from the side, it's just very clearly like a T stand with a dummy leaning against it, like an actual scarecrow. Yeah. It's very funny. And then, and then of course, like they get blown up and there's just like limbs flying everywhere. And they're really good explosions. They're all practical. It's great. Yeah, agreed. Uh, baby Cookie got th- pushed out one board. Well, she's very small. It doesn't need. It's not like she would need many boards. No, to I agree. Out. But she popped out one single board with the doorknob, and then Bennett hulks completely through the wood because <laughs> yes, this is children. Yeah, there are multiple times in this sequence where a full-grown man dives through wood or glass and wood, and you're like. Well, you didn't have to do that. Yeah, you could have like gone kicked, any other way. Could have. Yes. Don't know, yes. Maybe shot at it a bunch, or just like walked out of the room and gone through a door elsewhere. Like the, presumably, you know, this palace is layout a little better yeah, than right? the child does. So there's a million squibs and shots and explosions. This is the here. finale just, of the stunt spectacular. 
Right. This is where Arnold kills like every guy who signed up to be in Cobra. Uh, not Cobra guy. <laughs> <laughs> the wrong Cobra. G.I. Joe Cobra. A, a karate <laughs> a dojo. A dojo and just starts shooting 11 year old kids. <laughs> I heard you made fun of my friend Daniel. Now you die. Sweep this leg. And he just like shoots them off <laughs> and he tap. He just like walks up to Billy Zapka and snaps his neck. <laughs> Wax on, break off. <laughs> um, God, this is such a stunt spectacular. Like he's just f- explode. Like yeah. he's he fires the rocket launcher, turns around, fires it again. It's it's so yes. explodey. This is the cool four barrel rocket launcher that people turned into an iPhone case when that uh, there was that iPhone that has four cameras in the back. Oh, really? Yeah. So there's an iPhone with four parallel like yeah. four corners yeah so they there's a case where it's like him holding the rocket launcher but the cutout is that oh i love that yeah but he goes to hide in a garden shed and he looks around at all these implements and i was like oh he's gonna kill people with garden tools now because he doesn't I'm, have enough weapons i'm glad because it's just this movie is 90 minutes and at yeah. least 20 minutes of that like true not even like i'm not i'm not even making a joke at no. least 20 minutes is shooting and explosions Yes. <laughs> and it's and like it gets boring. rapid fire machine gun. Yes. It's just you watch I'm not no exaggeration, not for a bit, at least a dozen dudes do the thing where they like run, get shot, throw their arms and head back and die in various ways. Or like, like they like flip an old over Western. a hedge. Yes, yes, yes. He scalps a dude by throwing a buzzsaw blade at him. And he cuts yes, another and- dude's arm off. <laughs> yeah, I could not believe he, he... When he reared back that machete, I was like, oh, are we going to get like a Jason? Oh my God, we are going to get like a Jason because kill here. up till now, we haven't really seen much. Like he, you know, broke no. the guy's neck. There's nothing... There's not a lot of visual kills. But right. he scalps a dude and then cuts yeah. another guy's arm off. And like, to, to be fair, the visual kills are people getting shot, which in this movie is just like a lot of squibs popping yeah. and they fall down. These are like very visceral. It is too much shooting, like I said, but the stunt work is great. Yeah. Although I will say he keeps doing a thing where he like throws a grenade and like two guys get blown up. And these guys are doing like triple sow cows off of the <laughs> explosions. Like the one guy, the one dude does like a spinning tuck move and lands on his feet and then does a backward somersault. And I was like, all right, this is not the time for your tumbling routine. Yeah. You're getting blown up. Like Who's got you just are supposed skills? to ragdoll. Who can tumble? Yeah. <laughs> just like get ragdolled into a pit of foam. That's what I want. Um, uh- I did really appreciate that Hidea himself grabbed a gun and like got out to start shooting. Because normally in these movies, it's like they're cowering in their desk behind a locked door. I also think it's really interesting that the guy who you'd think is the big bad is not really the big bad. Like Bennett is the guy Arnold ultimately like wants to square off with. Yeah. Dan Hidea just happened to hire him. So he gets kind of killed. On, like He, he gets goes killed over very- a balcony. But it's, I mean, it's a big one. Arnold at this point has switched to his last gun, which is a shotgun. And he puts like five shotgun rounds into Dan Hedaya's stunt double's chest. And then he goes like, and actually, if you watch the stunt double, like takes three or four steps and he's, he hasn't hit the wall yet. And it's like, he can time it out, right? He does. And then he grabs it and he can take the move. But it's like, he must've started a little early or something from the rehearsal. Cause he's like, yeah, it's like he he you see on the face like, oh, I'm supposed to hit now. And then it's not there. And he puts the arm back to find it. It's I love seeing little moments like that. Yeah. 
so baby cookie. he also has he has a moment where he like he picks up a 50 caliber machine gun which is like a world war ii era weapon that multiple men would have like one guy would have been the bullet guy one guy was the gun and also he you couldn't hold, pick the it guy up that way the, like bandolier kind of thing right? yeah the chain of bullets yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, like, that gun is designed, it's, like, very heavy. It's supposed to be, like, put down and fired on a on a little um, tripod type thing. Instead, Arnold is, like, freehanding it. But the <laughs> co- the continuity here of the bullets is insane. And I know, like, continuity errors are not even that interesting to point out. But when they're as egregious as this, it's very funny. Because it's, like, he's got his left arm, his gun's in his right hand, he's got his left arm holding the bullet you know belt of bullets and it's like it's two feet away from his body he's not even holding it it's too short it's back to two feet away from his body now it's a foot away from his body then it's two feet and it's like this must have been like 30 takes they cut together of him just like spraying bullets for hours it must have been exhausting oh i'm sure um so baby cookie gets grabbed by bennett and then bennett threatens to kill her and schwarzenegger it's another one of those stupid things where he's like you don't want to shoot me You'd rather stab me. And yeah. I was like, or just shoot him in the face. He shot him in the arm. And so Arnold's like, I don't even have two arms to fight you with. Yeah, great. Now I'm going to shoot you in the face and kill your daughter. Yeah. Um. So they fight and it's okay. The, dir- the direction of this scene is buck wild. It is so many close-ups of both Arnold and Bennett with eyes like wide of anger, like cocaine, super eyes. tight close-ups. Yeah. But they're shot from like six inches away. It's like, I can't tell if they want to fight or fuck. <laughs> well, I told you if you listen, if you just listen, no, this is so sexual grunty. Well then, so there's also a couple like, wait, what moments? Cause they're fighting in a boil, like Freddy Krueger's boiler room. And at one point, Bennett grabs the door of uh, a furnace and swings it open. And you see that there's a full fire. Like it is a fully active furnace. That door would be a hundred thousand degrees. It's also, it's not even Freddy Krueger. It's like the deep bowels of a steamship. <laughs> it is. It is that the, the like in, and that's on the Titanic when you go all the way to the bottom. Yes. And they're it, it where is, they where what's her face danced, I think. I haven't seen Titanic. Right. I don't know. No, that that's not that's not that's not where they danced. They danced like two decks up from that, but that's the same general bit. But it's it's the tight the size of steam boiler would heat, I don't know, six middle schools. It's just <laughs> yes. so big. You it's know what absurd. it is? It's the boiler that heats the Overlook Hotel in the Shining. Like, yes, but it also giant. heats like it also heats six adjacent hotel properties. It's so ridiculous. So, but they so this door would be a hundred degrees, and they they rip it off the wall and like hit each other with it. And I was like, yeah, but your 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 hands would be gone. You would have yeah. stumps. I was waiting for a moment like in uh, Sudden Death where the weapon falls into the deep fryer and he just like bare hands it out of there to get and kill the guy. <laughs> that's that's what I was like. I was waiting for him to pick up like a hot steel poker that was in there and just like jam it through Bennett's head. Well, so they also get put, at one point Schwarzenegger is looks like he's literally in the fire, but not burning. Yes. Yeah. His face is like flickering against it. And I was like, oh, is this the part where it melts away and it's, it's a metal robot? Under- <laughs> oh, wait, that's the other one. That's the other one. So they have gay sex fight, and then the pipe javelin we alluded to earlier. Well, 
there is a bit where he punches Bennett onto a fence and he gets electrified for just like mm, a minute and then pops off and is fine. He's like, I'm alive. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm charged up now. <laughs> it's like you're playing a video game and you accidentally yes. hit the boss into the health box. But it's like accidental, except it's part of the script. So it's like you think you have him beat. He gets charged up and now he's like ready for round two, but you don't get a power up. Yeah. Uh, they alluded to he javelins him with a pipe and then steam comes out the pipe and he says, let off some steam. And I just can't handle it anymore. So I would be fine with this if he said it to him first, you know? Yeah. Okay. I can hear It's that. like, who is this joke for? Your child? She does what? Like in the, in the movie. <laughs> this is for baby cookie. Yeah. Alyssa Milano is watching her dad fight a man to the death with his bare hands. He rips a pipe off the wall like a, like a Hulk throws it through a man's body steam escapes it as this man's life leave the life leaves this man's eyes and arnold's response to that is hey bennett let off some steam like she must think her father is a madman i mean well she probably already does i mean that specific sequence of events i would be like there's no coming back from this so the the military finally shows up it's a weird end, like the actual it's ending a of the very, movie very, very weird ending. It's weird. It should end there, like let off some steam credits. That should be the end of the movie. Well, I we don't, don't need the denouement. I'm I'm fine with um Cindy coming back. Like I'm fine if it ended with like him on the beach with his daughter, like walk carrying his daughter on the beach, and, and you Cindy, hear the plane land. Cindy lands the plane, and then yeah, yeah, roll credits. But like they had this weird like military conversation where he was like, "I need you to come back and work for me," and I, but and it doesn't even like set up a sequel where Arnold's like, "I think about it." They specifically don't set up a sequel where he says never again. Like I'm yeah, not going to do so this weird. again. I wonder if that was like I don't I have no idea. I couldn't find much information about the creation of this movie, but it's like maybe Arnold had a really bad time and he was like, "Absolutely not, never." Yeah, maybe. Also, so Radon Chong lands the plane. The military is there. He's carrying Alyssa Milano. They walk up to Radon Chong. She hugs Alyssa Milano. You've never, never met, met her. before. Never she doesn't met her. know who you are. What? What is happening? And was there the, actually? The re- I, I, I meant to ask this earlier. Is there any mention of a mom? Like mom died. No. Mom left. No, <laughs> none whatsoever. No. Okay. There's there. For, first of all, there's very little dialogue in this movie. Like at all Alyssa Milano other than the word daddy has like I think 10 words but the other thing that I realized like she hugs Alyssa Milano here it's only because Hollywood is so shitty that like this is supposed to end with Arnold kissing the woman and because he's white and she's black they couldn't do that they wouldn't do that not that they couldn't do that yeah but they wouldn't do it that's 100% so she hugs Alyssa Milano instead so first I was like laughing at like that's absurd and then I was like oh it's even more annoying now because it's deeply racist and shitty that it's like oh god god forbid there's an interracial kiss in this murder movie although i I, they didn't have to i'm fine with them not ending up together like they could just be friends yeah no it's i I, yes we have established long in this podcast we both agree that there does not need to be a romantic subplot in all of these movies but this would 100 percent if that was a white woman they would kiss yes you're right um but uh, yeah, they board the plane, and that's the end of Commando. It's a weird ending. It's a very weird ending. Uh, what are your What are your final thoughts on this one? It's a good hangover movie. Yeah, it's a little loud for that. Yeah, okay, you're right. But it's you're, it's a ninety minute stupid movie. The 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 
the one other thing I want to point out, and like again, this is like really minutia, stupid stuff, but uh, this is on HBO Max right now, which we should have set up top, but the transfer on HBO Max is probably the modern Blu-ray transfer. And whatever the hell they did to like air quotes, clean it up, the first third of this, and eventually I was able to stop noticing it so bad, but the first third of this looks like almost every person in it is made of like a series of nanobots. Like their skin is literally scr- like crawly, creepy, crawly movement because I whatever they that did with, to- um, with like black backgrounds. I don't like any streaming service. Anytime it's a black background, it looks like it's alive with bugs. That's probably your TV. No, you have my old TV. It's a. St- I, 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 I even on my my big my new TV, my living oh. room TV. It's just yeah. every any time might be. It's just like that's how black looks. Mm, but not on a Blu Ray or something like that. Nope. It's a. St- I think it's. I think it's just because streaming is always going to try and save, you know, energy. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Um, but the, the, it's really egregious in the first scene where the, the bald guy is in bed with the woman, like both of their skin looks like just a bunch of crawling flies, bugs, Arnold, Arnold in the first chunk when he's with Alyssa Milano, is just creepy crawly. And it could be my television, but it happens a lot in older movies. Like I I have a Blu-ray copy of young Frankenstein. That's almost unwatchable because of what they did to it. Really? It up. The whole screen is wiggly waggly like that. It's just crazy. But um, that's a minor thing. I I, I moved to recommendations here. I would recommend this. It's it's it sucks for a couple of specific, very minor reasons, uh, but mostly is just a whole mess of fun. It's like the peak stupid Arnold movie. I think it's exactly what you picture when you picture dumb Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. I'd never watched this before, but. Uh, really glad that I got to. This was a, a real blast for me. I, I really enjoyed this one. Uh, like I said, it's on HBO Max. It's easy to find. But and this, this is podcast solid... is longer than it. Yes, it definitely is. Uh, might be flirting with longest ever. We've been we've Maybe. been hitting close to that mark uh, regularly these days. But yeah, and this is a super fun one. It's a great way to spend ninety minutes. A great like have a couple of cocktails and put this on kind of movie mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, just delightfully stupid. I actually started to watch it. I think I said this on the previous podcast, but I had had a few drinks. Was looking for something to watch. I was like, "Oh, I'll watch that," and then I'll just watch it again for the podcast. And I got to the beginning where he was feeding ice cream to Alyssa Milano, or vice versa. And I was like, "Well, I'm gonna wait because I can't. I can't not be reacting to this constantly." <laughs> so yeah, highly recommend. I'll be watching this one again for sure. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We really appreciate that. If you haven't yet, review the show. It seems to work better when I mean about it. So, hey, you listening out there, review the show, write a review. It takes two minutes and it helps us a lot, especially if it's on iTunes. Uh, if it's not on iTunes, send a screenshot of it to dissectingthe80s at gmail.com and we'll read it on the air. We always read our reviews. So write a review and then most importantly, tell two friends. If you like the show, share it with somebody that you think would like it too and help us spread the word out there. Uh, as we said up top, there's also patreon.com slash dissectingthe80s where you can Become a member of the Patreon crew and get all sorts of special perks, including a sticker and a welcome letter and a bunch, bunch, bunch of bonus content. So go check that out at Dissecting the 80s, or excuse me, patreon.com slash Dissecting the 80s. We are going to return in two weeks for the spooktacular, but because we haven't resolved uh, what that's going to be just yet, pay attention to the social media and we will uh, make the announcement there as to what movie is coming next. Uh, we are very excited. That's one of our favorite times of the year, yeah, as you know. Season. But that will be, uh, first episode will be October 
5th. Uh, we haven't 100% finalized what's coming there. We got to go back to the HQ and figure that out. So keep an eye out on social media and we'll announce that uh, there. So we're on Facebook and at Dissect the ADs on Twitter. Thank you again so much for listening to the show. I've been Trip Lano. I will always be Andrew Lano. Until next time. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. Ow.